With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Any good stories from the road? Play book. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Georgia show, we are here, I promise. I'm Wes Blankenship, Palmer Toms, both the Jakes, Jake Rowe, Jake Roos. Guys, the uh, 24-hour rule is just about to be up, and players are moving on. We're not. We don't abide by that stuff. Oh, I thought that's why we moved the show up, the, just to be within the 24-hour rule. Mongeese. Co- coaches coaches certainly are not abiding by that rule because they've been on the road all day. Where yeah, they had about a six-hour rule, I think. Saw Coach Todd Hartley pulling out of there. He kissed his wife and kids goodbye and hopped on a, a train. It was kind of crazy. It was like platform nine and three quarters in Harry Potter. He just walked right into the – into Hogwarts and started recruiting five-star tight ends again. There was a, there was a man standing there with a five-foot goatee. Just waiting <laughs> right this way. Uh, Roos, let's start with you, man. You got the latest breaking news for us that everyone is salivating over. Tell us about five-star Edge Russia, Samuel and Pimba. Yeah, big pickup for Georgia, man. Uh, one they've been after for a long time, a guy that they have been focused on, put a lot of effort into, visited many times. Would have really felt devastating, I think, to Georgia's class if they hadn't gotten him just because of the amount of time that they devoted to that kid. Um, but, you know, Georgia ends up pulling this out, as everyone expected for a long time at this point, and a uh, huge win for them. Um, you know, I think that he's – I wrote this in my breakdown. I think he's a bit of a developmental prospect. I think that he's a guy who has spent a lot of time playing offense as well. He hasn't necessarily focused on uh, defense in his career. Um, he's, uh, you know, played a bit of both roles uh, over time, but he's got an incredible frame, six foot four, 255. What really jumped off the page to me was his six foot, 10 inch wingspan. Um, and, uh, yeah, so if he's near you, uh, you're in danger. And, um, I, I think that, uh, it, it was a huge win and, and shout out to Chadera, uh, Uso Deribe for that one. Um, you know, a really, really nice job by the first year, uh, Georgia, uh, out, outside linebackers coach, uh, to reel in such a guy as this, um, Georgia had to have him and they were able to close on it. So, uh, the, the yeah, new yeah. outside linebackers coach is a very, very convincing guy. Very convincing guy. He kind of his his whole body is a, a resume for what he's all about. Yeah, I mean you know Twitter uh, DMs, real convincing dude. Um, in case you didn't know, that's who I got like a DM from that I got me hacked for a month on Twitter this summer it was George's. Uh, ah, uh, <laughs> you right now. Yeah. So, so do we know that this didn't know is- that? That's how I got hacked this summer. I think I've. I think I've let the secret out to the masses is now. Is this but, commitment uh, real then? 
Jake, do it's, we it's, know it's that real? It's, not- it's a real commitment, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm still a little bitter. I had to work hard to get that Twitter account. <laughs> I bet you were so excited. You're like, oh, Georgia coach is DMing me. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'll share this story. We were watching warm ups earlier this year, and uh, Kenny McIntosh was running uh, by Chidera, and and Chidera gave him a punch at the ball, and Jake said, "See, look what he did there. He did that to me." He hit me. He, he hit me when I wasn't looking. I'm going. I had my uh, guard down, and he hit me. I invite all y'all to read the uh, work of Jake Roos and Chad Simmons at DogsHQ.com. Here's what you had on Impemba today: the number 23 overall player in the 23 consensus, number four edge for the class. And here's what he said about Georgia: I consider myself a priority with just the amount I talk to him how much of a relationship I develop with the guys from the staff to everybody. And we keep hearing about how awesome this Georgia staff is inside and out, whether it's with what they're doing on the field this year, knowing that they had to get after it with recruiting and they continue to get it done with a lot of weird NIL transfer portal uncertainty swirling around them. How are they keeping that ship afloat so steady? You know, I think it's winning everything that they do. Well, that's what it is. I mean, I think that ultimately it boils down to, uh, you know, listen, NIL is the hot button issue, especially now moving into this early signing period. I think that's what everybody's kind of got their eyes focused on is how will it end up playing out, you know, in the, the latter stages of this, the last three weeks leading up to this, you know. I think Georgia has done a good job of selling, you know, that there are NIL opportunities, certainly. I, but I don't know that that's been a main focus of the pitch. It's a lot of it's been about development. It's been about winning. And it's been about the idea that you can take your career here and then launch from here to go make millions and millions of dollars uh, rather than uh, maybe do that up front and, you know, try to, as some programs may be trying to do. I'm not, not pointing any fingers at anybody. Uh, don't get me in trouble there. NFL is greater than NIL. That's the shirts that I don't know if they'll print. Maybe Breaking T will print those out and uh, give me a penny for my thoughts there. But it's so true. And we see it, obviously, with last year's draft class, uh, presumably with many draft classes to come. So let's take a look really quick at where the dogs stack up in the uh, team rankings for 2023. Obviously, uh, Bama – Still tough to beat, man. Say what say what you will about Nick Saban and the dynasty ending. Everyone's always so eager to do that. But King Nick still sitting up there. But but there are the dogs just uh Uga's whisker away at number two. Yeah, one full point behind, and it's that's not ex, that's not normally easy ground to make up, but Georgia's definitely in the hunt. Uh, there's no question, given the guys that they have on the board uh, left to go after and the guys that they're seeing right now, the guys that are potential flip candidates. I mean, they've got a lot of irons in the fire still to be determined, and uh, I think that that could shift it. Georgia with a very, very legitimate shot at number one, as good as anybody out there, in my opinion. I mean, you got you got Deuce. Uh, you know, the Deuce is loose, still out there. Um, Robinson is still out there. I mean, I, it'll be interesting if he even makes it to campus. Um, big time baseball prospect there. Um, and then, you know, what about Damon Wilson? Because I, I was over at our Ohio State board a little bit today. Um, saw one of their staffers uh, had commented on Chad's story from today, and 
Sounds like that might be kind of inching slowly in Georgia's direction here in the in the late stages before signing day. Yeah, you don't I need mean, to hear I, that if you're. A I, I I I really hesitate to make any predictions on Damon Wilson because he's kept everybody guessing throughout this entire cycle. Whether and I'm talking about not only about where he's going to go, like when is he going to do it? Um, right. It sounds like he's really nearing that time. Um, Chad mentioned on the board that this is a situation where you could see this maybe within the next uh, week, week and a half, roughly something like that, and. Um, you know, Georgia, I think, is sitting in a really strong position. Um, you know, Ohio State's right there. And this is one of those, in my opinion, I think it's going to come down to, you know, the 11th hour. He said, he told Chad, and I encourage people to go check this story out from Chad, that he'd made his mind up. He knew where he wanted to go and that it was he, he was solid in, in his mind as to where he wanted to be. Uh, I still think that, um, you know, there's probably a feel that, you know, and with everybody, right? That until the ink's dry, nothing's done, and so uh, you you can't you can't base what's happening. I think next Saturday or next Sunday, uh, you know, on what you're saying today uh, in the world of recruiting, um, that's just not the world that we live in, unfortunately. But if if things stand as they are, yeah, I think Georgia's in a really strong position. I, I think that they've got a great shot of uh, pulling that one out. And my God, what a win that would be for them! They need edge rushers in this class. Um, you know, Impemba, an incredible player at that position. Uh, you know, uh, Gabe Harris is there. Uh, may end up kind of that Mike. Kel Williams kind of slash guy maybe plays with a hand in the ground depending on how big he gets but uh you know Damon Wilson is a, an edge rusher all day great length on that kid and uh, I think that he's a guy Georgia would absolutely welcome him into this class with open arms be thrilled to have and uh sounds like they got a real real shot of making it happen I it, it's one of those though you got to stay on the dog walk this week because uh you know this one's changed as the wind blows it feels like this is how you kind of flip this you know, the way they're recruiting the outside linebacker position really in the last two classes is kind of how you flip a room and maybe turn your defense into something that <clears throat> goes from you know a low sack team to a kind of a lead the nation style stack uh, sack team with uh, Marvin Jones and Darius Smith uh, to go with you know a class that if you're able to get in Pimba if you're able to get um, you know if you're able to get uh, Damon Wilson and then Gabe Harris you know you talk about you know him moving down and playing that five technique position. That's the same position that Michael Williams, Trayvon Walker, Jonathan Ledbetter, Malik Herring, all of those guys played that. None of those guys were edge guys first and right. then kind of slid down. They were all more thought of as defensive linemen um, all you know through and through. And so I think that's somewhere where Gabe Harris can provide some value. And Chad had some really good you know things to say about him. So it really sounds like – you know, Georgia's interior defensive line recruiting has been great. They've got a chance to close strong with this class. And now they're starting their inside linebacker recruiting has been lights out. Secondary recruiting has been lights out. Need some numbers at safety. Um, it sounds like they're really getting honed in on that one area um, that kind of slipped a little bit there late under Dan Landing. You know, give Dana point over at Dogs HQ his uh, his due here, okay? He called that one. He said it. Old he Gina. Old Gina. Old Guna, okay? He was right about that. He was. That's the only, literally the only mistake Dan Lanning made at Georgia was like missing a couple cycles, a couple cycles of bad evals and missed guys. But he was right about that. And Dan Lanning's still a great coach and he's wrong about that. 
I'm curious. Uh, I, am, I am curious, Ro, how you feel about Darius Smith. I, I, and I'll put that to the whole the whole group. I mean, Darius Smith and Marvin Jones. I mean, I coming out of high school, I, I thought his dad may be watching. He, uh, he I thought Darius. I thought Darius was one of the most intriguing prospects that Georgia had signed in some time, just because I think from a pure raw ability standpoint, size standpoint, uh, you know, the intangibles are all there. I think it's just about putting it all together. Uh, at the next level. I mean, Appling County to Georgia, is it's a big leap. I mean, they play good football down yep. there at Baxley, but uh, it, it ain't necessarily the SEC. Well, and what's going to be interesting with Darius is where exactly he ends up position-wise right. because, you know, this season he has been working with the secondary even though they've had such a, you know, short number of, of outside linebackers. So, you know, I, I think he's a little bit of a hybrid player there where they can, because of that athleticism that you talk about, Roos, they can kind of find spots for him uh, in, when it, uh, based on the needs that they have. And, and certainly outside linebacker seems like it's going to be a need here. Um, you know, but if you can hit on, um, you know, Wilson and, and hit on Mpemba like you did today, um, you know, or, or add somebody else in the class, uh, you know, then maybe it's not as much of a problem and you can work him at star more so than you would uh, at outside linebacker. I'm going to put together one of my one of my man Palmer's plans here, because um, my man Palmer likes to plan stuff. Uh, yeah. No, seriously, I I think that that if you're looking at Darius Smith, his plan needs to be big off season, and at the very least, try to get yourself in a role player role next year, like a third down pass rush role, something just to get yourself in that. At the very least, I mean, I'm not saying he can't even he could do. I think he could do more than that. I love his frame. I love his athleticism. The fact that they're working him at DB. Just lets me know what they think about his athleticism. Um, Leonard Floyd did that. Uh, Adam yes, Anderson, he did. Adam Anderson did that. Um, you know, Walter Grant did that. And say what you want about Walter Grant, he's a really good athlete. Um, he wasn't a great edge rusher. Probably was more of a better fit as an inside linebacker, a, a big inside linebacker, but very good athlete. And so I think that says a lot about what they think about him athletically. And then, you know, I think he's got two big off seasons coming up in a row. Um, you know, this one's to try and get there. And then, you know, by the time that offseason comes before his junior year, um, or it may be a red shirt, you know, sophomore year, I'm not real sure. I think he's planning on putting his hand in the dirt every single time with the intention to make a play and to make himself some money at the NFL level because that potential is there. But I, I think when you look at him and Marvin Jones and and, and Samuel Mpemba and and the, the ability to maybe get a Damon Wilson, you've really – stock that room i still think a guy like Chaz chambliss brings you value there as a special teamer and it's kind of a hammerhead um a fearless kind of he was effective against lsu yeah he was he he had a solid game he had a really solid game there i'm not sure if robert beal is going to be around for another six years they're still working on his contract i'm sure <laughs> um you know i mean robert beal's been there since since jay Roos was teaching high school no question robert beal doesn't robert take beal the bus he chris takes Connelly. the DeLorean. Robert Bill bought Chris Connolly and company some beers one time while, was, while they were. I, I think he was in Chris Connolly's Star Wars movie. Yeah, he, uh, he was. <laughs> he was Darth Vader. He sounds Jedi like number three. Um, guys, uh, if you're watching this on a replay, I want you to go back and watch all the Impimba footage that I was showing from his huddle. That was from his sophomore season. Y'all yeah, may yeah. not have been aware of that. He yeah. was a, a sophomore, so uh, you have a lot to look forward to. His huddle account doesn't have the most recent stuff, but it's kind of like Lamborghini. 
you don't have to advertise too much. I once heard Nick Chubb say that. And we will hear more from Cedartown later on in the show. Uh, before we get to the reason why we are all here, the Dogs SEC Championship victory and the upcoming CFP matchup with Ohio State, want to invite y'all to hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. It is uh, literally right there. You don't have to get up out of your chair. You don't have to move. You don't have to find the remote. Just use your finger and, and hit that red subscribe button. And I also want to shout out our pals over at Breaking Tea. This is their lineup right now. They've got the Bennett Bowers 22 collection, the Mailman, Feel the Bowers, Savage Pads from Chris Smith. He may as well just wear those every game as his normal shoulder pads because he finds the ball so many weird and incredible ways. And, of course, the big O right here, Darnell Washington. I have no doubts that they are in the lab right now working on a SEC championship uh, version. And uh, if they aren't, then I just put a lot of pressure on them. But seriously, Breaking Tea, they're the dogs you want to know. And they have all the T-shirts and coffee mugs you want for the holiday season. All right, guys. 52-30. Who saw that one coming? Not me. I mean, I, I had them covering, and, and I think a couple of us did. Um, but I did not see it playing out that way. Um, you know, Jake talked about it in the box and said, does, does this qualify as a, uh, as a shootout now? You know, has, has Stetson won himself a shootout? Um, I, I bet you Jake will get to that one later. But, you know, I, I did not see um, – you know, I felt like the offense was going to play better, uh, but maybe not on, click on all cylinders like they did. Um, and then I expected more from the defense. And, and, you know, did think that, <laughs> did think that the, uh, big hat for the big dog, baby. You gotta love the big hat, man. Listen, I, if y'all looking for one of them, I know a guy. Yeah, I like how Kirby is looking up at it. Like, what the hell are you wearing? Brian Robinson I, changed, Brian Robinson changed the trajectory of a family. I really, <laughs> really wish, I really wish that they had done, uh, the the SEC championship hats as big hats and 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 you know maybe maybe now you know national championship Palmer they'll be trust me they'll be there for the national championship they'll be there for the Super Bowl and in five years they'll be there for your five year old nephew's soccer second place award ceremony let's put yeah. odds on this let's say let's say the how national many years is it going to take let's say the national chat. I don't know how they would get them out there on the field. The boxes would be insane because those hats don't stack <laughs> together. Like the other we need to there. get them on our, we need to have a show where we all just, the show pops open and we're all wearing one in our window. I panels. just want one. I just want a red and red and uh, uh, white mushroom one so that I can look like toadstool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, reference here. Um, because I think that's awesome. Uh, but no, I mean, let, let's imagine for a second, they pull those out for the national championship game. All right. Dude, the next the next big Elon Musk tweet is going to be him talking about the lack of space available in the world because of these oversized hats. Absolutely, yeah. Or, or, or big hat coin to the moon. Big, <laughs> <laughs> big Doge hat. Uh, yeah, I mean the dogs earned them, man. They earned big hats. They they've earned uh, big rings. <clears throat> I mean, you see me. Sending a tweet right now. Didn't realize I saw that pulled up. That could have been bad. Um, <laughs> no, but, but I mean, yeah, going it, back to, it's but, funny. It's funny because it's uh, uh, bigger, bigger than, than a normal, normal hat. <laughs> yeah, what do you want? But, yeah, 
But I mean, going back to what I was saying, I, you know, I, I thought the offense played well. I expected a little bit more out of the defense. Um, they played incredibly well in that first half and, and the response that they had to the opening touchdown from LSU um, what was very impressive, um, you know, to, to see them. They, they, I mean, they responded with, with forcing, I think it ended up being three straight, three and outs, maybe four. Uh, plus they had the interception in there, the one that went off the LSU player's helmet. Uh, they forced a field goal and blocked it, of course, and, and we saw how that all played out. Uh, that field goal was after LSU had gotten to down to the Georgia five. So Palmer, uh, so, um, before we move on from that and just gloss over that, uh, I want y'all to go. I didn't have time to cut the actual sound today. That's uh, that's on me. But I want y'all to go and actually watch the two coaches press conferences that we have up on our channel uh, after the game. Listen to the difference between how Brian Kelly answers the question about that play and how Kirby Smart answers the question about that play. Brian Kelly, I'll, I'll give him credit, man. I learned a lot about that dude watching that post-game press conference. He is – if he doesn't have the SEC on notice, he should. After that game, after this team was just so persistent, the backup quarterback in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I know the jokes write themselves, but he's got that – he's got those Tigers down there in the right direction. But listen to what he said about that field goal and listen to what Kirby said. Kelly says, that's on me. We never practice that. We never look at that. That is 100% on my shoulders. I like that he owned up to it, but I'm even more impressed with the fact that Kirby Smart says, yeah, we look at that. We practice that every three weeks. And we had the experience in the national championship game when Jalen Carter blocked it. And he said, uh, Quavon, was it? Who, who was it? Walker. Quay Walker Walker, uh, almost messed it up. And so they have that experience and maybe they don't practice it as much if it isn't for that instance in the national championship game, but it's just that attention to detail, something that Brian Kelly's staff isn't even thinking about yet. Kirby smarts team is like, yep, let's make sure this is on our checklist for the week. Yeah. And, and listen, it wasn't the, it wasn't the difference in the score, but it, it may have been the difference in the game because, I mean, you take three off the board for them, you turn it into seven for you. Now, I will say this. Georgia gave them an easy one coming back. I mean, it was kind of split them. And, and they weren't Chris ready. Smith, Chris Smith makes a real awful attempt, I believe it was, at a tackle, and, and you know, they, they score. Uh, but then, like Palmer said, they came right back down. I thought that LSU – I'd heard so much about, um, you know, this uh, defensive coordinator, Matt House, and uh, how, you know, NFL experience and how he's been putting together really Matt good House. game plans. Yeah, Madhouse, is that his name? That's a that's a killer name for a DC, if so. Yeah, I know, right? I didn't it even is think Matt House. <laughs> Madhouse, baby. Yeah. Bring, bring in the house. Welcome to the Madhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, what a name, dude. What a name. There's no way that's his name, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is. It's Matt, Matt House. House. Um, yeah, so, you know, and I thought, you know, all right, listen. This I don't I didn't think it was going to be like Kentucky because uh, I knew the, the weather wasn't going to be a factor. But I thought you know hey listen twenty four you know whatever uh, I think I ended up picking the game a little bit higher than that thirty four seventeen. Um, but as the game got closer, I, I really did start thinking about. It. I was like I think LSU is probably a little bit better equipped. And uh, I think ultimately what it came down to is after that play, after LSU kind of blinked first and gave up the first real big play of the game. 
I think Brian Kelly was able to get his team just to be like, all right, guys, we got to come out swinging. And, you know, if we punch ourselves out, we punch ourselves out. But that's the only chance you got. They came out slinging it. They threw it. They threw it deep. They threw it over and over. And, uh, you know, threw for 500 yards against Georgia. And most of that came after Georgia was up 35-3. to three. All um, right. Or 35-7. But, you know, Georgia had some issues there in the secondary. Malachi Starks. The funny thing is, and the thing I think that Georgia can really take away from it, is pretty much everybody but Kamari Lasseter looked like dog fecal matter at some point. You know, like the white kind. Yeah. And, you, you know, the they, kind you don't they all had their in. moments. Yeah. yeah. So. So let's uh, let's continue on that train. I mean, let's use the emotional sides of our brains and not necessarily highlight all the things Georgia did right. I think I've heard way more uh, concern from Georgia fans today about those 500 yards, specifically about Keeley Ringo, but it's never that simple, right? No, not at all. I mean, listen, there was a guy on Facebook, or it's not on Facebook, or Twitter earlier today who had a comment about how Keeley Ringo gave up two touchdowns. Um, neither one of those touchdowns where Keely Ringo was in the picture was on Keely Ringo. Both were on Malachi Starks. Uh, on the last touchdown, Ringo has deep ha- uh, deep third. Uh, Malachi Starks has got deep middle. Uh, other cornerbacks got other deep third. Well, the kid, uh, the guy leaves Keely Ringo's zone to Malachi Starks' zone, who has jumped up 15 yards and touchdown. That's the way that worked. He was kind of passing him off to another zone with another guy coming at him. Uh, he was passing Malachi Starks off in a cover two um, for the for the other touchdown. And Starks was late getting over. Starks is still a freshman. LSU did some things to hold him and to confuse him a little bit. Probably wasn't the most focused game from him. He had another play where uh, Keely Ringo was in uh, trail technique and did that. Now, I say that also knowing that Keely Ringo missed a tackle about as bad as you can possibly miss one. He panicked on a ball in the air and gave up a P.I. And they got some short stuff on him. As much off-man coverage as Keely Ringo plays, they're going to get some some easy comeback routes and things of that nature. He also made some plays. He also, you know, made a couple of plays where they they took some shots at him and he broke them up. Um, I, I think it's going to take better effort overall and, and focus from the secondary. Kamari Lasseter played a really good game last night. I think probably one of the best I've seen him play this year. He got away with a PI. I felt like at one sure point, um, Javon Bullard. Um, toasted for the second week in a row, um, you know, doing different things. And, guys, when I say that, I'm not saying that trying to say, all right, well, this guy can't play or this. I'm saying you play good competition. You see that name on the back of that jersey. That's Kayshawn Boutte or however you say his name. Um, <laughs> uh, Nestler was calling him Booty. Booty, Bowdy, <laughs> whatever. God, there's so many booty guys I think over it's there Boutte. I think it's Boutte. Yeah, Boutte. Yeah. So you got him. I was a huge fan of Nestler just going all in on, on Booty. <laughs> you, you got him. You got Lacey. Uh, you've got the Taylor kid that's uh, Jason Taylor's son. Um, you know, you got Taylor, so many different really good players. They're, they're going to, yeah, they're going to make plays on you from time to time. Brian Thomas, another really good player there. George went hard after him. Um, I say that because when you play in this league, you're going to get got from time to time. And uh, all these people that are really worried about Keely Ringo were talking about how he was a liability last week when he gave up two ki- two catches in five targets for 37 yards. So he was a liability against Georgia Tech. They had so much success against him. People carried that over into this game where he, he did actually struggle, I felt like. I felt like he actually had a bad game, and they've kind of used it to, to maybe um, 
prop up a confirmation bias or, or use a little confirmation bias here. I think that's yeah, I think that's what we've and, confirmation and, and bias. Instead of it being a struggle game, they've got him with uh bulldozer uh tracks like all over the back of his you know helmet and stuff and mm-hmm. and just got railroaded all game long and he's worst cornerback in the SEC. Man well and the other I mean, thing that you the other thing that you've got to consider with giving up 502 yards of passing is that they gave up what 47 on the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, 47 on 20 attempts. So and all Georgia, of that, all of that literally came on one play. Right. Well, it was that was after sacks were taken uh, taken into effect. That's but, what I'm saying. Yeah. But that one play, I believe, was was pretty much. Yeah, the they had a long, long rush of 47. So yeah, um, you know, J- Josh Williams runs six attempts, 55 yards including that 47-yarder. Noah Kane, three three attempts for seven yards. John Emery, four attempts, four yards. Jaden Daniels, Garrett Nussmeyer both finished negative because of sacks. Georgia made them one. Nussmeyer, kid, I don't know if it was just because they are letting it rip or what, but he's going to have a choice to make if he wants to ride pine behind uh, Jaden Daniels, Mr. Tougher Than Woodpecker. Or or Brian Kelly's going to have a choice to make. I think there were some. I think there were probably some people having a little bit of flashback too. Of uh, oh my god, the backup quarterbacks yeah, come in, yeah. and all of a sudden he's slicing it. again. Yeah. My man, my man Wes's po- my man Wes's uh, bird lip uh, analogies bouncing back and forth. It was uh, woodpecker <laughs> lips in the red and the uh, in the press box yesterday. It was rooster lips on the live that we did yesterday, and now it's back to woodpecker lips. <laughs> I was battling through some adversity yesterday. <laughs> Gotta tell you guys. Hey, when we, get the hunker, when we get the hunker downloads, I'm sure we're gonna look at some adversity. <laughs> I, I was like, I was like Carol Davis in that Super Bowl. I had a migraine during the game. I couldn't see, so I was battling <laughs> through adversity and just popped right back in in time to say rooster lips on the field after the game with Roe and uh, very rooster entertaining lips are moment. Indeed tough as well. Very entertaining moment that we will get to uh, at some point. I don't know how we're gonna work it in. But I'm going to share that clip if y'all haven't seen it. Jake Rowe, Damn in internet, absolute. Man. I'm not going to bury the lead. I'll show it right now. Every time uh, he looks off camera today, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so I'll, I will say, yeah, it's like the guy, the guy's he, over there again. Is he watching? <laughs> is he watching something else unfold? Is, is Listen, his I, need to, I need folks to understand. This was about ten o'clock last night after the game. I had gotten up at about six a.m. with my kid yesterday morning um, to hang out and. Uh, Sandman was coming. Fatigue had set in. Fatigue had set in, and uh, I got distracted. So I'm 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 finding the clip right now. So basically, what was happening here is we were breaking down the game. We were talking. We had all of the you know notes that we had gone through. We'd hit all the high points, and when you're at a game of this magnitude and the Falcons share the, uh, the stadium with you so much going on, there's a lot going on. There's like uh, leaf blowers for some reason. I don't even know why they have leaf blowers. There's not even well, leaves the inside the building the for all the trash, of course, but uh, they're doing leaf blowers. The fascinating thing is they have uh, like Zamboni machines. They actually paint the turf with the big SEC logo, Georgia and LSU. Then they ride through and they scrub it all off. And it was cool last night. Found this down there. Yeah, and they're using the the stencil, I believe. Yeah, you found some uh, some booze. Yeah, uh, that was part of the equation too. They grow up if you need a souvenir from the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, he, he he lost his national championship confetti, but at least he's got his SEC championship prosecco cork. That's right, baby. All right, I'm so gonna get Mary Beth Smart to sign this for me. So we're, so we're watching all this unfold, and I make this. I I feel like is a pretty coherent point about the offense and all the weapons. Well, she, gonna... yes, you killed it, dude. You, 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 that's a good point. You're coming in like so a, good. You killed it like this. a pro. You got you to it That's what made it – but that's what makes it awesome. So, here you go. I don't know what that says about LSU's defense, but I do know that whoever plays Georgia in the semifinal is going to have a tough time stopping all those weapons. <laughs> I don't know if you had anything else to say nah, about man, that. No, man, I, I think that's 100% on point. I was watching this dude stuff his net and his barrel. <laughs> Yeah, it's this is like uh, the Trader Joe's cashier stuffing all eight gallons of milk you have into one brown paper bag. And that's a very specific reference, but it is a sight to behold. And it's also a sign that we need to get the hell out of here, Jake. It is that entire guys. This is that entire all hand uh, good hands field goal net. That goes up behind and catches the field goal every time. That thing gets imagine folded. how big that is. Yeah, that thing gets folded, and then toothpaste back in the tube, baby. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, I'm paying attention to Wes when he starts asking, and I see this dude start stuffing this thing in there, and four or five things, just stream of consciousness. I wish it could have all come out. As there were some curse words in there. No, the first one, like, the first one, ain't no way. Ain't yeah, no way. Ain't no way. <laughs> ain't no way. And then I start looking. I'm like, all right, where's the zipper at? Like, how is he going to split this in two? You know, like, well, how is this? How is this going to happen? And he doesn't do it. And I was like, he's going to. Where's the other barrel? <laughs> if he's going to split it in two, where's the other barrel? Like, I'm thinking about all of that. And then all of a sudden, I hear Wes over there finish making a point, and you see my eyes dart over, like, oh god, oh god, hey. he just asked me a question. Game recognized game. And that and was I'm like, all right, if, if I just sit here and if I'll be still for a minute, he'll say something else to me and it'll kind of jog my memory as to what's going on here. And uh I, I didn't. I just said I don't know if you have anything else you want to say about that. Did you <laughs> yeah, did you but, know where you were or were you so yeah. mesmerized by the field goal net that you were like I'm dreaming. I'll tell you what you I'm wondering. I didn't know you were on camera. I, I know by your reaction that you were not that you did not know that you were about to be asked a question. You were involved in an interview. I know I know it. I know that reaction. I'll make this short, but this is a similar thing that happened to me when I was in grad school and I was just breaking into this business. And I was in a grad school class and Georgia had gotten a commitment from Stephen Nelson. All right. Stephen Nelson went on to play at Oregon State. He would, he was at College of Sequoias. In California, went on to play at Oregon State, played in the NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs. Think he might have won a Super Bowl. He was a really good player. George ended up losing him in that class, but he committed, and his phone number was on his huddle profile. So I step out of a grad school class and I call him, start typing up the commitment story. We're doing like roundtable discussion. Teacher calls on me, and I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know, like you know, <laughs> somebody else. She goes, No, no. You know, what do you think about? It? I was, I, I don't have anything to say. It's not my turn to speak. And she goes. It is your turn to speak. I was like, I was like pass. <laughs> and that's not how they expect you to act in a grad school. <laughs> no, it's not. I just that's wanted that. to get us to 15 minutes. That's all as I wanted Jake to do. Roost, as Jake Roos told me about that video last night at past 11 o'clock when we were both just howling, laughing at it, was there's an irreverence with which you live your life that, uh, <laughs> that is, uh, you know, as Palmer calls me out of pocket, um, sometimes and uh, 
you know, there that's that's that irreverence, I guess, kind of coming up. But uh, that's just I just lost my train of thought, boys. I was tired. <laughs> I just wanted to get us to 15 minutes. People looking the and other I, way. <laughs> and I, I see the timer. All right. We're down there like 1430, 1431. I'm like, come on, Jake. You got it. You got it. Let's get to 15. And he's just blanked out. I'm wondering, <laughs> is is that the guy's only job? Is he a specialist? Is he like, hey, it's calling the net guy. We got to get him in. <laughs> Hey, he's the only one that can get that net in that 55-gallon meth barrel. <laughs> we had no idea how close we were to greatness. That's also a good question. That's Dude, that, that barrel is the kind of barrel that Jesse Pinkman and Walter White was. was. And gonna, that, that Clemens you, dude this, used to use that this, acid. And, the, moment, the moment you had with this and the intrigue that's around this now, this needs to be – this college game day needs a segment on that on the barrel guy. Yeah, I they told, had the Florida I, I State – Redhead dude, what was his name? Gentle Ginger. What? Who was it? Uh, the yeah, the the ball boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The FSU guy. Red Lightning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Red, Red Lightning. Lightning. Red Lightning. Red Lightning. Yeah. I thought it was Ginger Snap. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Joe Cox. Was the Ginger Ninja? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but no, the Roos and I were talking about it last night. We were talking about how we should do a Tosh point oh breakdown on the. Uh, on it uh i think that's a video that that you know i can't wait to see the show that y'all make that just has all the odds and ends that we can't <laughs> make like a regular thing here because that's yeah. gonna crush when we start doing the georgia show after dark yeah dogs hq after dark one guy that was responsible for a lot of footballs going through those nets indirectly of course was stetson bennett with four touchdowns uh, five different dogs end up getting on the board yesterday, guys. Kenny McIntosh, Brock Bowers, Lab McConkie, Darnell Washington, and Dylan Bell. And we talked so much about the 30 points that the dogs gave up and Keely Ringo and, oh, my gosh, he's terrible. Well, we just debunked that for everyone that wants to listen. But how about the 50? How about these dogs that come out after a couple weeks of just let's run out the clock on the season – Let's uh, go for two and score 50 points. Uh, what, an out, what an output, man. Todd Munkin just losing his mind up there. He felt the Holy Spirit in the booth. I heard it again today on XM Radio, and it was somebody else said it, and they, they were talking about George being number one. They're like, yeah, they're the most complete team, but I just don't know if a team was to get up, if a team was able to score 14 who said or 17 that? or 21. I can't remember who it is. Who it was? They've been asleep for the last like three years. He said, if they can get up by fourteen or seventeen or twenty-one on Georgia, you've got a great chance because they're not built to come back. And I'm like, no, Sherlock, (laughs) get up fourteen, seventeen, twenty-one on just about anybody. Anybody's gonna. That's a that's a hell. You got a good chance. That's like saying, you know, hey, if our starting quarterback goes, our biggest weakness, if our starting quarterback goes down, we're in trouble. (laughs) Okay, well, all right. Um, yeah. that's a long line. I, my thought coming off of the 50 though, and I, I, I'm curious again, as to what you guys think on this, I feel like if Georgia is able to put up 50, I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not sure that they, they can be beaten. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I, I, 51. They're not. Yeah, well, no. what's the, what's the stat? I think they, when Georgia scores 30, it's, it has lost one game under Kirby smart. And that was the, the, Josh Dobbs, uh, 
Hail Mary game. Oh, uh, yeah, the Rico um, McGraw. I, I don't know how many there have been where Georgia has scored, you know, 30. I'm sure there's been plenty of them, but Georgia has lost one game in, you know, six, almost seven years where it scored 30 points. Here's what uh, Stetson had to say about the two-point conversion. Pretty funny back and forth between the mailman and Kirby uh, as well. Uh, keep an ear out for, uh, for Kirby's reaction here. AD in the, in the huddle because he hadn't played that much. And I was like, all right, this is you, brother. And uh, so I sprinted left, tossed it to him, and he actually threw a spiral, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's thrown one of those in, in practice. No. I don't think he's read that play. No, for somebody else wrapped it. We don't even talk about that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, um, you know, his, 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 we, me and AD have something that you'll never have. What? We're both career passing record at UGA is one, one for, for one. one. <laughs> and you're, I'm, I'm, I'm a thousand percent. Two point conversions, drop the snap, do a pass, <laughs> one for one. So you and Bobo are behind me, me and AD. I thought like Kirby her. and AD were about to launch a mutual fund right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> That's something between us you'll never have. <laughs> I got some, we got something you'll never have. Like a, like hey, a Yellowstone, maybe. I'll, I'll point this pack. out. The disrespect for Kenny McIntosh, because he's yeah. one for one as well. He left Kenny out. And Kenny threw a touchdown. Yeah. We're not right. talking about two-point conversions here. Let's get talking point. about touchdowns. Like Kirby, by the way, saying that he's a thousand percent that the Kirby math. You know, I'm not going to mess with it. One plus one equals three around here. Uh, but what about going for two? Uh, they said it was on their score sheet, and I guess it makes sense. Jake, you were a little skeptical last night. Have you changed your mind on that? No, not at all. I don't care what the score sheet says. I, I mean, <laughs> 25, 27, 26 dogs by 50. It don't matter. <laughs> I mean, it's. I wish I had a cigarette to hang out of the corner of my mouth right now. I mean, it doesn't matter, man. They were. There was an objective to that, and I don't think it was to be classless or to embarrass LSU. I just think there was an objective to it. There's something they're going to do off of it in short yardage or – or in the red zone or something. I honestly, honestly, listening to that clip and kind of hearing that last part from Kirby again, I wonder if there's another guy that they want to rep doing that, whether it's so, Aaron Smith or something like that to scare him a little bit more. Maybe Kirby's trying to keep it under there. Or maybe he's just trying to – maybe he knows there's extra time, right? There's extra time that they can – you know, the stuff can be worked on, but you just want to show them because when you, when you show them a specific trick play – you also can get a coaching staff, and, and I don't think this helps you win. It's just kind of a mild annoyance. It's like, it's like you know, leaving you know my clothes in my wife's walkway or something, whenever she's trying to get ready in the morning in the dark. You know, just just to bother somebody. If, if I did, that. you do that on purpose? I don't do that. No, but if I did, if I wanted to, that's what I do. It's just not prank his world. wife. It's not going to change anything. It's not going to cause her to divorce me, but. It is gonna, you know, cause some inconvenience, and I think that's more than anything what it is because you can get them chasing ghosts. They start seeing this little end around Philly special looking past, and they well, then they think about the real Philly special, then they think about some other stuff, and they start looking back at all of your film and all of your different trick plays, and you know, then they start trying to practice those too. And the next thing you know, they've spent you know seven days practicing, and they put in no game plan, and you beat them to death. So uh, the the point you brought up about putting things on tape kind of jives a little bit with Kirby's interaction there with, with Stetson. And I almost wonder if they planted that on purpose. I've got like one tinfoil hat moment, a show right now. It's kind of my rate. Did Stetson bring that up on purpose in the press conference to double down on the mystique 
behind some of this trickiness near the goal line. Well, and, Can we call and, this Carbonon? 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 Ugga's real name is Q, so we can Uganon. just call him Q and on. Ugganon. So, so what, what I'll add to that is that Kirby did say that there, that, you know, there's this notion out there, Hey, maybe we should have saved it. Maybe we shouldn't have put it on tape. Um, and he said, you know, ultimately you, you plays aren't meant to be saved. You run them when you need them. And he felt like they needed that because of the momentum that LSU had and the offensive success they were having in the second half. He felt like they needed to go get those two extra points. I don't know that it really, you know, the 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 sheet said it. I don't know the difference there. I mean, twenty five is is you know a four score game, twenty seven, twenty six, all four score games. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he he did talk about the idea that some people are like, hey, maybe you should save that, and he kind of said, screw it, we're doing it. Screw y'all! Is what he, he did. He he said. did say you don't save plays, but that's 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 horse crap. I mean, they they save plays. You know, I think I've actually heard him say we've had we had something we had something there, but we didn't want to show it yet or something like that. They hold, you know, they hold back plays. I mean, it's I think the real conspiracy here might be might be that he just really wanted to piss LSU off and get them to keep throwing at that Georgia secondary so it could kind of <laughs> you know put some fingers and some faces. Now, now you're that talking, is Jake. a brain take there, Jake. This is this is how we get things started. Mean Mug and Mutt encouraged me, by the way. He says he loves conspiracy theory, Wes. You are the only person on the planet. All right, dog stocks. I'll start stock up on removing myself from the All call. Right. Stock up on Cedar Town, Chubb Town. Uh, they are going to state. They beat the local North Oconee Titans, so that is not good for uh, the place where I actually live, but I have this T-shirt. I don't have a North Oconee T-shirt. And uh, sorry to David Pollock and everything he's got going on over there. He's an assistant coach, which is kind of crazy. His team went down. Great season for the Titans nonetheless, but Cedartown uh, stock up going to the state championship game. An elite quadrant by the way, going into the semifinals uh, on that side of the bracket, you had Cedartown taking on Bainbridge, so Chubb uh, taking on Kirby, and then you had uh, Lindsey Scott's Wayne County taking on North Oconee. So a lot of dogs' greatness in the high school brackets. I know y'all are keeping up with that in the state of Georgia, but congrats to Nick Chubb's Bulldogs. Had a decent day today. Uh, running the rock. Sorry if he was on your fantasy team, though. He didn't get into the end zone. He actually got tackled for a safety, I do believe. Yeah, that that was also pretty bad. Got into so the maybe... end zone there. Wrong direction. Yeah. Wrong end zone. <laughs> 17 for 81 yards, I believe. And I don't even have him on my fantasy team because I don't have one. Um, I, listen, I I want to chop. I, I want to do dog stocks on. Sorry, I don't want to keep the segment straight. <laughs> yeah, I always it have. To it doesn't matter. Everyone knows what's going on. I always have to ask, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I pay about as much attention, I guess, as I did during that video. Uh, Stock up on a VC Prosecco. No, Um, (laughs) stock up on, on the transfer portal because tomorrow's the day people are going to enter. We're going to have some notes over at Dogs HQ tomorrow. We've already had some over at Dogs HQ. Uh, The Bulldogs are in the market at receiver. I think they're going to be in the market at some other positions. 
Um, you know, they're, they're going to look and go, they're going to go after guys. And man, I got to tell you, I can't, one of the things that has impressed me the most about Kirby Smart and his seven years as Georgia's head coach, it's not the titles. Uh, it's not, um, and that's impressive. It's not the recruiting. It's not the, the, the organization. I got to give the guys some credit because there's some BS from time to time. Like, he, you know, A.D. Mitchell could have went back in the game, didn't come back forever. David Marshall's day-to-day, and he's out for seven months, okay? He, he does that to us every now and then. But when he was asked about not taking players from the portal, somebody framed the question in such a way that it was like, you know, you made the choice to keep this team together and to not go – He's like, and he was basically like, no, hold on, wait a minute. We went after guys in the portal. We didn't get them. And – you know, I think that, you know, him coming out and saying that yesterday, I got to give him a lot of credit for that. And and I do think Georgia's going to be back in the portal, back trying to get guys this year. I think wide receivers are a big position to watch out for. There's some good ones in there. Um, you know, we've already had a note, I think, on at least three wideouts that we think Georgia is going to get involved in, that they're going to at least kick the tires in. I don't know about the kid from Georgia Tech if he decided to come back out of the transfer portal when Brent Key went there or not. I don't know what his status is. Um, but I do know that that we'll have another name to bring up to you tomorrow morning over at Dogs HQ, and maybe more than one name, um, plus some injury notes, what we're hearing on that front, um, and, and Lab McConkey, Warren McClendon. Early signs are very good uh, on both guys, and that both will be back for the playoff. Uh, but but that transfer portal is about to hit, a, you know, about to really catch fire, and I I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia took – if you put the over-under at three, I might would take the over this year that Georgia will take three guys from the pool. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. What's our timeline? What are we looking at? What should people expect? Is it just random or or do you guys expect? I know we haven't really been through too many of these. Do you expect dominoes to just kind of fall pretty quickly? Well, or if you don't know, I mean, that's totally it's tough because of visits, too. right? Like, are guys going to want to try and visit? Well, if they hit the portal this weekend, then they can visit. They hit the portal Monday, they can visit this weekend. Uh, Roos, are they, are they subject to dead period and stuff like that, or can they do what they want to do? I, I assume they're dead. I assume they're subject to dead period. I think everybody is for the most okay. part. Um, so I can't, I don't. I mean, obviously, they could come on their own dime and look around and probably exactly. bump into sure. a coach and something like that. Right. You know? sure. sure. Well, and, you know, the, the other thing, too, and Georgia is going to have to be it, – it's going to be interesting to see how Georgia handles this. Georgia held a lot, a lot, a lot of official visits over the summer. Um, so there's a limited number of those available. You can only use so many of those in a year. So they've got to be very judicious moving forward here in these last couple weeks of how they want to spend those. So it can be interesting Can to you see. use those on a transfer portal recruit? I, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, there's, like I said, there's a limited number of those available uh, just in general. Um, so Georgia spent a 30, lot of right? those this a lot of those this summer. Um, I I, th- I think they're going to have to be. I think will be. It'll be very interesting to see how they're able. I, to I think there's more than thirty, Palmer. I think it might be fifty. Okay, I think so as well. 
I don't know where I got that 30 number. From. Yeah, they give a lot of OVs to guys that they don't end up getting. I mean, you know, they, right. they had Alex Leatherwood in a few years ago and then let him go to Atlanta to watch the SEC championship game and come back to his official visit for crying out loud. So <laughs> they, they, uh, Jake talks about them being judicious with them. I don't know that they're very judicious. No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying in these next couple of weeks, they're going to have to be judicious on who they spend them on because I don't think that they've got just a ton of those left um, so, based on the numbers that, that they did this summer. And somebody brought up Dan Jackson being back for Ohio State. I, I did check on that today. Chris P is the guy who brought that up. Will Dan Jackson be back for Ohio State? I wanted to hit this question while I saw it, Wes. Um, Right now, I don't think so, but I'm not ruling it out completely. I wouldn't bet on it right now, but I think there there's a shot. Um, but yeah, you did I, ask a couple weeks ago about Nolan Smith too, in case anyone missed that. Kirby and brushed that is, off like it was not possible. I had yeah. heard from a pretty good source that that Nolan would try to come back, and that there was like an outside shot. Kirby shot that down pretty quick. I've got no reason not to believe him other than the millions of other lies he's told about other injuries. <laughs> just giving the man all the preps props in the world about being – he hasn't told a million lies, but he is he has been tough to deal with this year as far as injuries and, uh, you know. Hey, it's, it's HIPAA, man. It's HIPAA. Yeah, he's just looking HIPAA. out for him. Yeah, I ain't asking for the kid's x-ray, Kirby. I just want to know <laughs> if he's practicing. <laughs> Here's my, uh, my whole theory on that. I understand – you want to visit Athens. Who doesn't want to visit Athens and all the fun that comes with one of those great visits you are just worshipped, right? I got to think that a lot of these guys already know Kirby just based on how uh, much importance he places on, on these relationships. You see him after a game, he's talking to as many opponents players as, as he is his own team. Well, and he talked about that a little bit today when, when uh, talking about the transfer portal that, you know, you've got to, he, he was asked, why is it that you, you know, tend to, why is it that you try to build your program around your high school recruiting as opposed to filling those needs with transfer portal guys? And, you know, like, like Jake said, it's not that he, that they don't want to uh, address the needs with transfer portal guys. It's just that they missed on them this past year and, that's how they ended up over. But he said, you know, the, the reason that the high school recruiting is so important is you, you establish those relationships, not only for the guys that, that could come, you know, and do come, but maybe you get them the second time around. You, you want to have a good relationship. Well, that's why I think it, it just, it, it fits smart so well. And obviously other coaches do it too, but I almost feel like he's been that way. It's just kind of how he's wired since before the transfer portal was even a thing. Well, and, and, and some of the assessments that they're making on these transfer portal guys aren't just based off of the college film. It's, it's based off of, you know, hey, were we interested in high school? Was this a kid that, that we felt fit our program then? Uh, you know, and if he fit it then, does he fit it now? Um, but, you know, I, th I do think that there's a chance that they're probably ruling some guys out based on, you know, uh, you know, relationship that they may or may not have, have had during high school, um, you know, and, and not a, a, a weaker relationship than, than it was, uh, you know, now. Lost my train of thought there. <laughs> Sorry, oh, got put a net away over there. Sandman is coming for me. Too. <laughs> it's, it's been... It's been a long day, guys. The net guy's visiting. I've Palmer. been sitting in this chair looking at these two screens 
since the playoff, since before the playoff announcements came out, I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, man, I'm going to hit the hay here soon. All right. Well, let's stay focused on this show. <laughs> Dog stocks. Uh, someone say something I'll, about Ohio State. All right. So the so, CFP matchup, the committee, something. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go stock up on Stetson Bennett. Uh, and and his Heisman chances and and I think that when you talk about this matchup, you're talking about a, a guy that you know with Ohio. This State. this feels like insider trading. This feels like insider trading. I'm just saying. No. I'm call the SEC. This man, I think this man has already seen a Heisman ballot. I'm just saying. <laughs> Can neither confirm nor deny that one. But uh, <laughs> um, no, I, Jake I mean, left I, his I laptop that, open and I typed in Dan Jackson. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. He Jay West typed in one of his uh his um coffee town players. Yeah, I put in Reptile Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, stock up on on Stetson and his Heisman chances. I, I think that you know that they are going to have four players as finalists and I think that a showing like he had yesterday is is going to get him on ballots. It's gonna it's it catches the attention of the country because you look around at the other people that are contending for that. A lot of them are coming off of losses. You know, something is there's something to be said about a guy that just wins. Um, you know, I, Jake, did you say uh, DJ Khaled was singing about Stetson because all he does is win? Uh, no, I didn't say <laughs> that what he said. At all. No, that... <laughs> somebody else said that. Then. No, I said, I said, did, that, uh... you, you said something else. I, I do. Yeah, remember I that. Said, <laughs> he said something else. I said something that I said something politically charged. Yeah, you, you did, <laughs> I thought you said DJ Khaled as well, but, um, you know, I, I think that there's something to be said about somebody that just wins and Caleb Williams is coming off of a loss. Max Duggan is coming off of a loss. Uh, you know, Hendon Hooker lost his last game out. Drake may is coming off of a loss. Uh, you know, Bryce young lost twice this season and, and um, you know, that that's a knock on his, his stature there. Uh, CJ Stroud coming off of a loss. So there's something to be said about Stetson and, and his ability to win, um, but there's your there's your tie in. He's got Ohio the most State. important stat you could have in the stat sheet. Thirteen is dubs. Dubs. Thirteen dubs. So there's your tie in to Ohio State. A, a brief mention of CJ Stroud, their Heisman hopeful, uh, and and a Heisman finalist last year. All right, Roos, what you got? Uh, well, mine's not necessarily dogs, but it's college football. And I'm going to say stock up on the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I think that it's going to be fun no matter what happens. Uh, do I think Deion Sanders is going to be the next Nick Saban? I, I don't know. I probably not if I were guessing, but at the same time is, is Colorado suddenly more relevant than they have been in 30 years? Absolutely. And uh, I think that that's good for everybody. I think it's exciting to see. I'm really intrigued to see how all of this plays out um, because I think that it opens a lot of doors, a lot of paths for unconventional candidates. And um, overall, I, I'm, I think it's cool for the game. Um, I think Prime's uh, uh, fun wherever he's been. And um, I think that he'll make Colorado fun to watch as well. So yeah. uh, just a win for the college, for the game of college football overall, in my opinion. Yeah, man. I don't know if Travis Hunter, my fellow Collins Hill Eagle, is going to follow him out there or not, but he's a special talent. 
had a pretty good guess that he, I mean, if, if you could get the kid to come to Jackson, Mississippi, you can probably lure him to Boulder, Colorado. So, and Ralphie with the prime time collaboration is going to be special. I think Ralphie's going to be decked out in the whole prime attire. He's going to have the flat bill, the shades. He's going to have the chains. Is Colorado, Colorado is going to be scary. Are they a Nike school? Uh, they got to be right. He's going to have a he's going to have a branded uh, a branded uh, uh, thing on a windbreaker, a a, yeah, a branded saddle on that that buffalo or something. I can't. I just I can't wait for it, man. It's going to be electric. no. It's great. I, I think it's they fun. are a Nike school. Yeah, there you go. I think I think it'll be I, anyway. I think it's just exciting. Nothing to do with Georgia, but overall, very very fun to watch. I was surprised by the pick. I didn't think it would be Colorado personally. I, of all the the available names that we heard mentioned, I USF, thought Colorado was maybe not, the, maybe not the one that I would have picked. But uh, where would I, you have picked, Bruce? USF, because I okay, because I would have picked USF. Cincinnati. No, I think the pressure is so much lesser at USF, and the recruiting base is so much better in Florida. If you draw a two hundred mile radius outside of the Tampa area, you're talking about some of the top high school talent in anywhere in this country. Um, that's not the case at Boulder, Colorado. That's not the case in Cincinnati in terms of concentration uh, of players available. And so um, for in, in my opinion, that would have made it easier on him. And like I said, the expectations at USF, in my opinion, at this point, bargain basement uh, at, right now, not that Colorado's are huge uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but um, there's Ryan Day. Um, and, uh, <laughs> um, I guess he's tangentially related to our conversation. See, see my, my I'm playing you was... off the stage because Jake is about to fall asleep. No, no, not at all. I actually my, had a little my... thing in here cause I was thinking Cincinnati as well because yeah, Mark D'Antonio, um, Butch Jones, um, uh, Brian Kelly, Tommy Tuberville, um, see, you know, Tommy Tubbs didn't do all that great. <laughs> Um, but you know, I mean, this, this guy after guy after guys had a lot of success there. Um, and they're know, moving to the power five fun. next year. I mean, to yeah, me, right, that's, that's yeah. you've got a chance to win a power five with, with that area, which Ohio state, Ohio, the state of Ohio, not Ohio state, uh, is a very talented area, not as talented as South Florida, but it's you, you, you have a recruiting area. There is a, a pipeline there. Uh, and the name Deion Sanders should be able to attract, would, in my mind, would be able to attract players like a Travis Hunter, for example, uh, to, to come play at a school like Cincinnati, where you could have a Power Five oper- playing in a Power Five conference. Win the Power Five conference, you're in this new playoff era, you're going to be in. You're one of you've got a decent chance for a buy. I mean, you've got a two sixty six percent chance you're getting a buy if you can win your conference. To me, Cincinnati was the best fit of of the ones because I, I don't know that Colorado is a great fit because Colorado I mean, Colorado's in an interesting situation though because of the power void that's going to be created when USC leaves that conference and suddenly that's you've going still to got Oregon, you've still got Utah. I mean, maybe he feels like. But what happens? What happens is. Without doing a thing, you 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 know a couple of those little floaters get taken out, and you get closer to the top. Like you exactly. know, without having to do a single thing, you fly up two spots immediately. Yeah, you become yeah. a bigger and, fish, and that, and that definitely helps. Yep. Um. So I did have Ryan Day uh on the screen here, and 
we got to touch on the committee's decision in, in Ohio State. We're kind of going back and forth on what happens if TCU does what TCU did and uh, Georgia ends up facing this mysterious fourth seed. We didn't know if the committee would want to avoid the Big Ten rematch right away or if they just, let's say, screw it. Let's just get right to it. And ultimately, we saw what the committee wants to do. The committee's going to do whatever the hell it wants. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll chime in here because I do – I thought a lot about this one um, because originally, I, you know, I was in that boat of, you know, I think that they should – I think that Georgia was not wanting to see Ohio State. Well, I, because I do think that Ohio State is is probably the the most talented team among the other three – um, in terms of recruiting rankings, they finished top five the last three years. Um, you know, that they, they can go toe to toe on a talent level uh, with Georgia more so than Michigan or TCU can. But uh, because of that, you've now got a month to prepare for the most talented team that you could see playing them in your backyard. I think that that all bodes well for Georgia. And obviously, Ohio State has a month to prepare as well. They've got a month plus a week because they were able to get healthy uh, last week, not pl- having to prepare for a conference championship. But I don't know. Uh, to me, I think that the fact that you're playing them in Atlanta and you've got a month to prepare for them, you can knock that out. And, and you know, odds are I think Ohio State would have won against a, a, a TCU. And I thought that they would beat Michigan the first go around. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen, but you know we've seen how rematches can play out over here. And so, you know, let's say they do win that, and Georgia would have, in this hypothetical world where Georgia beats TCU, they end up having a week to prepare for a team that's just as talented as they are, more so, less. Well, than did did month. Georgia get did Georgia get punished though for being the number one team? I mean, I don't it, think so. I don't think so at all. I mean. You got an Ohio State team here. I listen. I know. I, I know everybody's wanting to crown them like you know Georgia's uh, biggest problem and the stumbling block and the team that can take down Georgia. And they may be right. Georgia may go out there and not play very well, but Georgia plays well. It's going to beat anybody it plays in college football. Um, I think they've done enough at this point in the year. Five ranked wins where they have convinced you that they will beat your pants off if they play their A game. Um, y'all listen, Ohio State's going to play well, I feel like. I mean, they've got some some motivation here, some motivation that Georgia fans should know something about. But I think something we've also got to consider here, guys, is Ohio State just got the brains kicked in by their arch rival who had beaten them the year before. Motivation shouldn't have been a factor at their home stadium, and they didn't have an answer. They've also got a star wide receiver, a stud football player, who's dealing with a hamstring, not an ACL like George Pickens last year, a hamstring, who may opt out. Jackson Smith and Jigba may opt out. When Ryan Day was talking, and I, I tweeted yeah. this a few years ago. I'm not going to waste the energy to go find it. I'm not really in the hot take business. I don't care. I just don't care about being right down the road and in the future. But I just wondered out loud, how long is it going to be until we see someone opt out of oh, a college playoff. football playoff semifinal or national championship game? And people said it would never happen. I mean, I don't think it was that absurd then, and I definitely don't think it's absurd now. All it took – it wasn't the playoff that made guys start opting out anyway. I love how that got blamed just because of the timing of it. So They would be doing it right now if we were doing the BCS. It's All it took was one guy breaking that line 
doing it and the NFL saying, we don't care. Now this is new territory. This is a guy that he may opt out on his team to protect his future interests while they've got a chance to win a championship. And I don't know how NFL teams will think about it. I'm guessing they'll probably be fine with it. But I think it's another frontier that, you know, you do it. And then if he does it, then some other players are going to do it. Uh, George Pickens could have done it last year. George Pickens didn't do it. He made a big play for Georgia in the national championship game to help them win that game. Um, and, and I want to say, Mean Mug and Mutt said he loves my confidence. This is where it comes from. Um, I don't know that Georgia's going to play its best football. I think it will. And I think Georgia's, you know, when you start talking about Georgia's A-plus game can, can basically beat anybody's A-plus game in the country, then, you know, there's a sliding scale there. Um, and, and, you know, Georgia's got some margin for error that a lot of teams don't. Um, but, you know, I think Georgia can make Ohio State one-dimensional. Um, I think Georgia can get after the quarterback. I think Georgia can, with that amount of time to prepare, can, uh, can get ready. And I think um, Georgia can uh, – uh, and I'm talking about the South Carolina cornerback when I say this – can pull the Cam Smith dance uh, if it can beat Ohio State and Michigan and it can drop its nuts because that would be the ultimate SEC, um, you know. SEC Big Ten chance when y'all want to go into an SEC Big Ten world. Yeah, that could uh, that would be like a, the, a Frankensteiner um, of all Frankensteiners if Georgia could just, just do it to the whole Big Ten um, beat their mm. best two teams in the playoff to win a national championship. Um, that would, I mean, Stetson Bennett might break the Big Ten. Uh, I know we're going off on, I know we're getting wild here, uh, but yeah, Stetson Bennett might break the Big Ten if he gets an opportunity. I, I think that it was, I think you could have made an argument uh, regarding where TCU should be versus where Ohio State should be. I think ultimately it makes sense. One lost team uh, loses in a conference championship in an overtime game versus getting the break speed off of you in the last uh, week of the regular season. So Why no, not real reason, no real reason to punish TCU. Two losses. I mean, Two losses and no good wins. Yo, Alabama's I mean, resume sucks. But they're a better the- team than TCU. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, don't know. I, I, I they were barely a better team than right. Texas. I think they got it right. They can justify it. And you better believe that there is some heavy, there was some heavy, heavy, heavy mental masturbation going on in that room about the prospect of an Ohio State Michigan national championship. Oh, man. How that could set up those well, guys. I'll, I'll tell you one thing that's not outrageous. And I'll credit the uh, Andy Staple show. They uh, did a great job breaking this one down as soon as it happened today. Big fan of their work. Uh, Andy and Ari Wasserman kind of pointed out, too, that you guarantee with a Michigan-TCU matchup, you're going to have a team in the national championship that has not been in the CFP model national championship. So you're reaching a new market, a new fan base, and and, uh, keeping them engaged, obviously with the chance to win a national championship game instead of keeping the status quo that uh, could further regionalize the sport. So I understand all that. Uh, I think Travis Rockhold, my buddy, asked uh, asked me last night, big Ohio State guy, are Georgia fans more scared or would Georgia fans rather play is what he said. Would they rather play TCU? Would they rather play Ohio State? I think Georgia fans would rather beat Ohio State but I think Georgia fans at the end of the day right now have a lot of the same confidence that Jake Rowe does 
Let's play whoever you got. Let's play Michigan in the semifinal again. Let's play anybody anywhere Michigan in the national championship. Them. Let's play them. This is this is how you win championships by beating good football teams and and anywhere anybody anywhere. Uh, George has got a chance. <laughs> Rob, to have seven. Robbie Dodson's head is on <laughs> Jake's shoulders. That's cracking me up. All right, sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I did look down there. I was like, man, who the hell is that? Uh, but um, no, Georgia's. I mean, this is this is what what you sign up for to win championships. Georgia's got a chance to get seven ranked wins this year. Seven. You know, we we were looking at that Georgia schedule. Y'all remember September? Oh, it's um, garbage. In early October, we're like, oh god, and then all of a sudden, Tennessee. Mississippi State, Kentucky, and South Carolina gets good, and Oregon's playing well, and Georgia's gonna Georgia if it wins a national championship, fifteen and zero with over with with roughly half of its schedule, um, you know, in the top twenty five, uh, will will probably be in that top twenty five, at least six of them, I would imagine. Yeah, and, this, uh, it's crazy how the schedule shapes out that way. It does. It, it's always a. Last year it was a little stronger than I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, and, and still wasn't, you know, super strong. And, you know, it seems like you look back and you find out that, hey, that team that Georgia kind of pantsed in front of everybody, they, they actually turned out to be pretty good. And Georgia beat a pretty good team that day. And then that team starts barking about how they don't – Georgia doesn't want to play them again, Bo Nix. Hmm. And you lose two extra games. And you don't get to play Georgia again. So, um, it, it, to me, for me, it's just not a whole lot of confidence. More it's just evidence-based. I mean, how many times you got to see Georgia play a good football team – and just kind of, um, you know, toy with them while slapping them around. And, yeah. you know, it's just it's just the way this team is put together. And um, I don't know, maybe one day I'll write a book about it. If they win three in a row, I'll definitely write a book about it. Um, I'm going to dig into this connection thing um, because, you know, I passed it off. I told you guys, me and Dean Leggy from Dog Post were talking about it when they first brought it up. And uh, it was just sounded like another thing. And I honestly believe it is the gasoline to uh, to the sports car that that is Georgia. And actually, it's more like a it's more like the diesel to an F three fifty. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it's more of an F one fifty kind of yes. kind of deal. Duramax. Sure. I'm sorry, I don't I don't want to mess. I don't want to cause any problems with Jake Reese over here. This Duramax. <laughs> We're not big Ford people over here. It's a yeah. It's a Silverado King Ranch edition. Guys, um, <laughs> you just crossed up two trucks there, man. I'm a Chevy guy. There is a guy. Uh, there is a guy in the comments losing his shit right now because you just did that. Just fuming. <laughs> just fuming. I love yeah, get all you, get you one of them, Get you one of them Silverado King Ranch Laramie Bighorns. <laughs> We've gone off the rails. Oh God! Speak We're delirious. For yourself. We're delirious. Speak for yourself, Palmer Toms. Guys, uh, we've gone way too long, but big five-star commitment, SEC championship, and a college football playoff semifinal destination kind of warrant a lot of flapping of the gums and a lot of conversations about stuffing field goal nets into barrels. And we had all that on the show tonight. Please hit subscribe if you don't already. A lot of uh, eyeballs on this one tonight, understandably so. Appreciate the Ohio State presence as well. I know we have a lot to talk about in this matchup specifically, but for tonight, still pretty fun to look back on that confetti that is hanging around these dogs right now. Uh, they picked up some confetti in Indy. They got some in Atlanta, and they want to pick up some more in L.A. this postseason. So much more to come, much more 
recruitment talk, Cruton, C-R-O-O-T-I-N, coming up this month for sure with uh, Jake Roos and the gang and the transfer portal as well, as Jake Rowe mentioned. You got to look alive around here in these parts and these days. There are no opportunities to rest in Power 5 college football, and especially not for the dogs. That means we're not resting either here at Dogs HQ. Thanks for joining us tonight. Y'all have a great week. We will be back live uh, later on this week, Wednesday, our typical show. So hit us up then and uh, hit subscribe, follow, all that good stuff if you're catching us on a replay on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Thanks as always. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.